Yeah. Welcome back to the first off in my opinion podcast. You know how we do Tom Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up, my good people? It's your boy Tom Swoop, and this is the first off in my opinion podcast. It's your boy broadcasting live from the heart of my basement. And uh, we got a great show for y'all tonight. But first, I want to cover a few little housekeeping things. If you're on Facebook and you're watching right now, share the post to your favorite group. Let's grow this thing as fast as possible. We've been growing slowly, but I want to do it faster, faster, faster. And to all my people who are watching on YouTube, subscribe, thumbs up, bell notifications, and all that jazz. And we're going to go ahead and try to take this thing to the next level. Today's topic. Woo! Today's topic, my people. I hope y'all ready for this one. Dating after divorce. This is one that I, I'm pretty sure is going to be a super, a super hot buttoned issue or topic tonight. I got my special guest. I want her to introduce herself this evening. Go ahead and say hello to the people. Hello, hello, hello. First of all, thank you so much for the invitation. My name is Sharnay Amaris. I am the owner of the Reset Coaching Group. I'm a life coach. And you know, I'm, I just be out here trying to help the people heal and get better. Help the people heal, y'all. Help the people heal. So listen, I, I when I reached out to you to be on the show, we talked about, you know, things, you know, and we came up with this great topic for tonight and, you know, trying to get the people um together and i guess let's open them up tell them a little bit about your background and why this topic is something you feel so passionate about so <laughs> i was married and divorced all in the course of eight months what i was like what the world just happened what you do to that man what you do to that man <laughs> What you do to that man? Eight months. Eight months. You must have been. What you do to that man? So uh, what I realized, real talk, what I realized, we only dated for five months. Now a little bit of background about me, like I grew up in church, like I was a like church girl. I met this guy and he literally like swept me off my feet. He was super charming, like ex-military could dress he was just to the next level but he was a narcissist i ain't know nothing about narcissists i was like oh he's a good guy like he's amazing mm -hmm. and um if you know anything about narcissistic people like they basically build you all the way up to drop you so we had this like whirlwind romance and after five months we got married and everybody around me was like sharnay don't marry him don't marry him. He would have been my friends for years. And I'm like, I'm in love. I'm about to get married. Okay. And eight months later, I was on my way to divorce court and they wrapped their arms around me. and was like, we still got your back, girl. We told you not to marry him. Wow. <laughs> but it was crazy. Wow. Um, he was like, he was a very violent person. He was an alcoholic, but, and I, I tuned into your show a couple weeks ago and you were talking about red flags mm -hmm. and I ignored all the red flags. Yeah, I'm about to hit you in the head in about, about 22 seconds. Keep going. <laughs> all the red flags. It was all the red flags on the play. And I just was walking around like, I don't see them. I don't see no flags. I thought it was a circus and a carnival. I didn't see no flags. So I'm a, I'm just going, I'm a, you're going, we're going to unpack it real quick. So, okay. 
All right. So starting off when this thing whole started now, were you guys sexually active? Mm-mm, I didn't have sex until we got married. What? But I told you I was only dating for five months. Like it, like in the grand scheme of things, like we weren't together a long time. So y'all didn't do anything for five months. Nope. So do you think a portion of do you wish you would have had sex with him earlier? Um, and in regards to him, no, because I probably would have end like it. That's what I'm no. saying. Like, if you would have went there, if you would have, if you would have gave him the snappy nappy, if you would have gave it up sooner, you would have experienced probably a different side of him. I may, maybe, maybe, uh, on, maybe. Because where did when did it start coming out? When did when did or did you see it? The whole was the was the red flags there beforehand? All the time. So he was a drunk beforehand. Absolutely. So middle what, of the day, large tumbler full of vodka, and like <laughs> in the car. And because it, like when I talk about like my dating history before him, I really had never oh. been in a real relationship. Um, not like anything real monogamous and committed. And I realized some of those things coming out of it. Like I didn't really know what I was looking for. Okay. Like today, five minutes in, I'd be like, if you don't get away from me. But then I didn't. I was just like, oh, he's I could change him. I could if you I want him. You know, I talked about that. I talked, you know, girl. And the thing <laughs> I'm I'm with him. I could make him better. But he wasn't, he he had gotten divorced he had a, a ex-wife mm-hmm. now i was 29 28 when i got married and he was a year younger than me so he already had an ex-wife so he literally liked the idea of marriage he liked the idea of getting married after we got divorced he was engaged two or three more times and he has another wife now so there was some issues in that but i i can own the stuff that i i mm-hmm. did wrong i completely ignored the red flags he was violent before we got married but he wasn't violent with me so in my mind, I was just like, well, he would never do that to me. Like I saw him go from zero to 90 on other people, like crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, he would never be like that to me. Cause he loves me. So, okay. All right. So he was, was this, was he so bad that he drove to you, you to become a coach? I oftentimes thank him subconsciously. Oh, MG. I was joking. You for real. Go ahead. I, I'm all the way serious. I said, I'm going to monetize this pain. All those tears I cried. Hey, I feel you. I'm going to monetize this pain. Okay. But literally, I realized that my story, when I started telling my story, that my story was so many other women's story. Like, I met this guy, and it just, it seemed like it was right. All the pieces fell together, and then he was a monster. You know what I mean? And what what I understand now is if you are broken yourself, you attract who you are. When you constantly attract the same type of person, you be like, it's them. Like you the common denominator though. You done dated six of the same people and you're the common denominator. It might not be all of them. It might you gotta own your part. Accountability is missing in the dating process, period. And I've said it on this show numerous times. Like even in my myself, you know what I'm saying? I've, I've literally bumped my head multiple times with the same person, different body. And you're right. It falls at, at a certain point. It falls completely at my feet. You know what I'm saying? It's up to me 
at that point to to do some things differently to start to do the work and change how I you know approach this whole thing. Um, I do. I want to throw a couple things up on the screen before we get into the heart of the the show tonight. Um, dating after divorce, and the thing is, it's not the fact you had to be married to you know really take what we about to give you in this show. This is more so you could have been in a long term relationship, some kind of common law situation, anything. It's it's that period after that we're going to try to tackle tonight um, for everybody listening. Um, so I did a little research before the show, um, and I'm going to throw a couple statistics up on the screen. Um, I'm going to read a couple. Um, according to their findings, 32% of women began dating when they were separated but not yet divorced. 20, 21% of women started dating within six months of getting divorced, and 12% of women began dating um, between six months and to a year after getting divorced. The one it, now it's, you can read this stuff on the screen um, as you go along, but the one that, you know, was interesting to me was the one at the bottom. A study um, says that after divorce, 73% of women move on faster than men. The divorce rate says that there, there is um, a, between a 40 to 50% chance that a marriages will marriages will last in America, which according to a recent study, isn't great news for the guys. Now this was this, this actual one right here, this statistic was done by essence magazine. So it is, um, culturally relevant, if you will, um, to our, um, talk tonight. So when you hear, um, a statistic pop on the screen that women move on faster, but then you also see that that's not the case when you look at, you know, your immediate people. Like I see a lot of people stuck in the mud. Um, mm -hmm. now that's, that could be me, but what is your history? And, you know, when you're talking to people and coaching people, are you seeing more people stuck in the mid or mud or do you see women actually moving on? I think the word moving on is ambiguous mm -hmm. because you could move on and still be stuck. Like uh, you, I think, it girl? Could, I think it could be both ends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and we talked about this in that right. conversation. I got divorced on a Thursday. Thursday I was in court. Saturday I went on a date. <laughs> and I was with that man for the next two years. I never looked back. So you moved on, but you, like you said, you didn't move on. I was stuck. Like we weren't ready to, me and that guy weren't ready to be in a relationship. We're still good friends to this day. And it took us two years of fumbling around because we were, we got to a place where we were just comfortable. We were just like, we've been together this long. We just, we here, mm -hmm. but there was no growth. We were both in a stagnant state. And if I would have been healed enough at the beginning, I would have been able to be like, ah, oh, you know, maybe, maybe we don't want the same things in life. Maybe we're not going in the same direction and it would have never happened. Now, now do you feel like that rebound was therapy? You know what I'm saying? Cause that's what that usually that rebound. And, and I, I have a good friend who, you know, was married for quite some years. And then I always tell people that first, and it, it was on the screen, that first person, hold on a second, I said, let me see, it was one of these statistics. The first relationship after divorce. Yes, the first, yes, that 93% of those were involved in new relationships on the average, they lasted for basically two months. Um, and the, that that's what I, I mean, that first relationship don't never work out. <laughs> it don't never work out, but you learn something from it. Absolutely. You learn something from it, especially if you've been in a relationship for a long time. Cause mm -hmm. I know the first time I got serious after a 13 year marriage, 
Like I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the process. I learned that dating was no longer like it was when I was young. <laughs> and I understand it for me, it was a lot because women were way more aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, they knew a lot of women were under the impression they knew what they wanted. Um, <laughs> but I, I learned so much about myself, my own temperament, um, what I really wanted, what did, you know, cause I, I, you know, I really believe in, and this may, may not make sense to some, I really believe that wives and husbands operate in that nature, even when they're not married. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And you can, that's why it's like certain women, you'd be like, yeah, she carries herself like a wife. She's somebody's wife. You know what I'm saying? Certain guys, you're like, oh yeah, he's a husband. He's husband material. And not the quote unquote cliche, oh, that's wifey material. No, people who actually cover and carry themselves like that. Um, and for me, it was getting to know that. And I didn't, it was, it was, it was a jungle when I first got out here, a jungle. And I had no, I ain't had no off. I ain't had no bug spray. I ain't had no, no, no first aid kit. There wasn't a handbook. There was, you know what I'm saying? It, you just, you hit the ground running. And then that yeah. first person, you know, that first person give you a semblance of safe. Yes. Say that again. A semblance of safe. Like they, they bring you in and you like, okay, this is similar to what, you know, the good parts of my other relationship was. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a let this happen when actually I need to do an inventory. I need to back up. I need to get away from this thing. I need to learn myself. I need to be by myself. I need to learn some things before. It's just like any new job. You just don't, hey, I'm going to start at the ER on Monday. <laughs> and I ain't never did nothing before. You know what I'm saying? You need some, some, some training. You know what I'm saying? You may have been a doctor before. But this hospital do things differently. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I feel like a lot of people, they be like, well, I was in a relationship. I've been with a man. I've been with a woman. Oh, let me get back out here and just do the same thing with somebody else. Or, or Char, this the one. This the one right here. I know what I don't want out of a man. So that's what I'm a goal. That's that's going to be my goal the next time. But with the part of that that people forget is you're different. You're different. So you can have a list, but you're not the same person. People are puzzle pieces. They go to they go together or they don't. They yeah. fit or they don't. So like you can come in here saying, oh, I don't want a man who does X, Y and Z. But different people bring out different things out of people. So you're a different puzzle piece. You know what I'm saying? Who you and D Lamonte or Craig or, or Aloysius, you going to operate in a different, a different vibe because you with that different person. Absolutely. You know and what I'm saying? So I'll, let me get your take on the amount of women who say there's not enough good men out here after divorce or relationships. Long side, I, long side. I heard that one. <laughs> because I had this conversation with my friends all the time. I, I can I can list off right now about 15 women 
like dope women, intelligent women, women who have um have their own, they're ready for relationships. Like, and I, you know, I I'm I'm their friend. So I know like the the good, the bad, the ugly, and I don't I don't sugarcoat it. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, sis, that's why you by yourself. But women who I know like they could bring something to the table. But what I found because I didn't get a dating period after that that marriage moment. So what I found after being in a long term Technically you did. Dating, it was just hours. <laughs> <laughs> don't that don't do that. Don't do that. Um <laughs> but and be, actually being single, I was meeting guys and their tone, everybody's tone was the same. Like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're this is fantastic. But when it came to commitment, baby, they were backpedaling. Like they were, they were like treading water backwards. I said, what's wrong? Like, what is, what's the issue? But I think that this culture and climate is different. Like my parents have been married for 54 years. So looking at that, I'm like, oh, there must be like there must be something to this. But we don't live in the same culture. I don't think that people value commitment. And when he talks of talking about like there's not enough good men, like it's just been my experience that men don't be like ready to jump and settle down. I, no, like, see, so I'm gonna disagree with you. I'm gonna disagree with you on the fact that I I do feel like men want to settle down um i think where do they be at i i know i do i i want to settle down i want to come out these streets i want to go back into the house where it's warm because it's cold in these streets but i do feel like men and women have become so aware of the faults in individuals and and these these trigger words, trauma, toxicity, um, damage, they've become so common that people are dating like they're therapists when they're not. You know, they're they're overanalyzing situations. They're not allowing things to move organically. They're getting in their own way. <laughs> that's true. And, that's true. and it's it's like you can't. You can't, you have to be open to the process. You have to be ready for the process. You have to understand the process. All of that goes into, you know, getting into a healthy relationship. Absolutely. If you're hungry and you haven't eaten and I just pull up at a taco bar that you've never been at and you starving and you're going to eat. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's not the right thing to eat, but you was hungry. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes we just got to stop and pause and be like, okay, what are we around? What what's what's healthy? What's our healthy options here? You know what I'm saying? What what can we what can we do? Where can I find a decent meal? Right? Instead of operating out of hunger or operating out, oh, I ate this morning. I'm good. But then you you telling everybody you hungry every 5 minutes. You want to know how spot on we are? Because I literally wrote this note. I was upstairs. I was getting ready. I wrote this note. 
I said, when people are in deficit, they reach for anything. It's important to be healed enough to know what you want versus what you don't. And that's just what you said. When you are in a place of deficit. So if you're coming out of a relationship and you've lacked intimacy, you've lacked love, you've lacked support, insert thing here. You've lacked safety because you mentioned that. Mm -hmm. You've lacked those things. Anything that looks like that or anything that looks better than what you had, it's, it's like not even taco bar. It's mm-hmm. like a chip at the gas station. Exactly. Sushi at the gas station. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's food poisoning waiting to happen. And people don't realize that you have to be healed enough to know what you want and what you don't want and not be willing to settle. Because there was a place I had to come in my own life where I was like, okay, you're the common denominator. You keep running into these people who are emotionally unavailable because truly you may be emotionally unavailable. Mm. And sometimes when we don't see ourselves properly, we will date down subconsciously. Mm-hmm. It's not even like a conscious effort, but you'll be like, oh, well, that, that shouldn't be too difficult because psychologically you've already set yourself in a place this low level. You're like, well, it just is what it is. Every time... Every time I get into a relationship, the bottom drops out anyway. So you're now expecting things to fail. So you insert self-sabotaging behaviors, which is why you go into a relationship analyzing the person. Well, they didn't do this on Tuesday. They didn't do they they didn't say this right. Like you gotta let that person live. All right, we got a comment. Um, how do you separate trigger from red flag? Go ahead. I'm gonna let you get that. I'm gonna let you get that one. <laughs> Once you get that trigger from red flag um, is knowing yourself because I had to have this conversation recently. There are some things that in my life have happened that make me respond a certain type of way. Mm -hmm. Those are my triggers. Knowing who I am enough to know what my triggers are. All right. I got that on lock. So this could be a trigger, but red flags like, okay, this, this is happening. This is happening consistently. And there's nothing like this is the essence of who the person is. And I think that's the major difference. Like, does this speak to the person's character? Mm-hmm. Does this speak to their nature versus how you're responding? Mm-hmm. Because they 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 may be triggering you with one of their red flags. Exactly. And- but knowing yourself like helps you dictate. I mean, like helps you see the differences between the two. But I think character and nature speak to red flags. Like, does this speak for their character? Like, do you see them as somebody who's dishonest? Do you see them as somebody who's inconsistent? And being able to wage that against, like, is that constantly how they're showing up? Now, you know, consistency is one of the things that one of those hot button words that keep coming up in the dating Mm -hmm. process. Consistency, consistency, consistency. And so... What I've noticed and, you know, I've been guilty of and, you know, I've seen it happen to me. Um, I feel like consistency and then dating is really it's really a balancing act because it's like. I do think people should date multiple people to get to know the process of dating, but then it it makes you inconsistent. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It makes you inconsistent because you're not readily available. You may not respond um, back during these, you know, these texting type situations or whatever. And you, 
I remember like maybe this is probably like three years ago. So this young lady, you know what I'm saying? She she sends me this message out of the blue. Now I haven't talked to her in about probably like two months. And she's like, you know, I'm I'm currently dating, you know, a couple people, but I really want to go out on a date with you. And, you know, and I was just like, well, if you already seeing, you know, two, three people, you should do that. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, but I think you can win. <laughs> and I was just like, in my head, I was just like, girl, get off my phone. Like, <laughs> quit playing with me. I got stuff to do. But when I really sit back and I look at it and I think about it, I'm like, she had a valid point. Mm. But at the same time, that's not for everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and I get it. Women want to be pursued and and all of that. But I'm about to say it and, and you about to respond. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. The math doesn't support it anymore. There's way too many women. There's way too many women. And I'm not saying, listen, and I'm, I swear I am not saying that men should not pursue women. But what I'm, I am going to say is the math doesn't support it anymore. There's like nine women to each man. So it's like, you know, when you really get into, you know, who's pursuing who I, and the thing is, I still feel like it's a man's role to approach a woman and and court a woman but at the same time i do feel like women have to be a little bit more aggressive and receptive to the process to let that man know that what he's doing is valued appreciated and understood because there's for every man that's chasing one woman there are 172 women chasing that man. <laughs> and I don't know where y'all learn math from, but <laughs> that's where I learned it from. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even going to ask about where, where you learn that math from. But I, I think that that's a hard, that's a hard pill. That's a hard place because to say a woman needs to be receptive to the process. I, Women can be super duper receptive, but if a man ain't ain't bringing that energy, and I think the real issue is that people are not accountable and people don't communicate and people aren't honest. Mm -hmm. Because if you go into a situation now, like I said, if you go into a situation honest and people's feelings get hurt because you're being honest, that is what it is. You know, your feelings got hurt because the truth the truth hurts more oftentimes than yeah. Not. But the truth is a is a version of a story only delivered one way. I'm not even, I'm not going to jump on that. <laughs> I mean, cause it's like my truth, my truth could be my truth to you, but you can receive that as man. He toxic. He a hater. He it is. He that, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it so, is. Okay. I understand what you're saying. Case in point. I met this guy at my job. He was amazing. We had an amazing vibe, but there were some major differences the way we looked at life. Mm -hmm. And he told me from jump street, he said, listen, I know that I could love you at about 90%, but this 10%, this unyielding, it ain't going to work. And I know it's not going to work because you're always going to feel like you settled. And I was like, I'm okay with settling. 
I'm okay with it. Let's just be together. What? But if if I put it in context, I had I was I was looking for something. I was in a deficit. Mm-hmm. I was looking for something. So he was everything that I hadn't experienced. Mm-hmm. I was willing to settle because he was giving me ninety percent of, of what I didn't have. You had a in whole a flashback way, right there. What happened? I did have. I had a whole flashback. I was like, I was trying to. I was trying to do my math because I don't think we learn math in the same place. Because your numbers, <laughs> I'm not talking about. I'm Whatever you do with your numbers is fine. It's your world. But I was willing to settle because he was giving me so much of what I had never experienced. But what I had to understand was, Charnay, there is more for you. Uh-huh. And he was telling me that. He was telling me that the whole time. So in his truth, his truth and my truth were different. My truth was like, but you love me the way I need to be loved. And his truth was like, I'm not even loving you the way you could be loved. But so many of us get caught in that place. Somebody is giving us the real. They like, I don't, I'm not looking for a relationship. And we like, I just don't understand. He's telling you. Mm-hmm. She's telling sometimes. They actions can't. and words back up what they're actually telling me, but you you looking past what they saying because you creating your own reality, you, right? And you because you you like you in your head you see in the finish line with that person, but that but person know, don't even see running the race with you. They like I don't want your hands. <laughs> but the truth in that is you got to heal enough to see. You got to heal enough to see clearly. Because being broken, being you you got like these like blinders on your eyes. You mm-hmm. can only see what you want to see. You see life through the through your experiences. All I saw is that he was better than the last three guys. Like, I'm not about to let you go. And, and okay, okay. So all right, so settling. Let's 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 just tackle this rhino right now. Are, what is, are we looking for perfection? Are we, I mean, cause I know it, for me to say the word out loud, people are like, no, we're never looking for perfection. Cause I'm not perfect, but what are we really looking for? Cause it's like, when you say that you're settling, what does that mean? Like, are you, are you still interested in other people? This person doesn't fulfill certain aspects. What, what does settling mean? Cause 90%, that's a high percentage. That's an A. 90 is an A. In in every school, especially the ones in the hood, that's an A. And so that 10%, that 10%, like, and I see a lot of people deal with this 10%. That 10% stops you from being happy? It, it would have stopped me from being happy. I'm not going to touch on the 10% because <laughs> we're still friends and I'm not going to put him out there, but the 10% with, with a long term, it wouldn't have worked. Okay. But when you ask what we're looking for, I think that the truth is you got to know what your deal breakers are. There's some stuff in life, whether it's, it's you, me, or your, your cousin, whoever, there's some stuff in your life that you're not willing to budge on. Mm-hmm. And that that ha- you have to reconcile that within yourself. That don't have to do with no nobody else but you. But you have to reconcile what your do's, your don'ts, and your wills and your wants are. So mm-hmm. that when somebody comes contrary to that, you're like, oh, that ain't gonna work. Like I said, some stuff is a we could negotiate. We could we could get in the middle of the road and figure out where we can compromise. 
but you got to know what your hard set deal breakers are like what's your hard set deal breaker um hard set deal breakers at this point in my life i would not date a guy who did not have a relation his own personal relationship with god okay like not like like that's that's my deal breaker i wouldn't i wouldn't be with a man who uh maybe wanted more than one wife because it's in the, this culture we live in people mm-hmm. okay go ahead keep going um i probably have a list but those are the top those let's, are two right, let's, top. let's at least get to three let's get to three let's just do four let's do four we got two um, more two more i would not date a man Dang, this is hard. You got me it's, on the spot. No, it's not. It's not. It's it's very easy. Like, it, you're you're censoring yourself, but go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um. So I would not date a man who I didn't feel like his energy was kind. Like there's, and I know that that seems kind of like ambiguous. A good natured person. A good natured person. Like like your character. Like I gotta I gotta see that you are who you say you are. Okay. And I. I, I do not tolerate like liars. Like if I if I see you rolling, running with like two or three white lies on some sil- simple stuff, like it makes me question what else you'd easily lie about. You know what I mean? Like that's something like integrity means everything to me. Okay. Because I've been in relationships where I've seen people on the like, oh, I mean, I just told them this. But why would you lie about that? Like that didn't that didn't even deserve a lie. Right. <laughs> there was no there was no repercussion to it. Like if you would have just told the truth, nothing would have happened. So if you're able to lie really, really easy, like that's something I spot off bad. I'll be like, I don't like that. Okay. I, I let you slide with four. I know you it's a good to four. I there was that four? Yes. Oh my goodness, I'm ashy. Um <laughs> I just saw myself on the camera and I'm like, oh my God. Put some lubrication somewhere. Somebody hit me some lotion. Hold your hands. Like good. Let me just hold my stuff. <laughs> Let me hold my stuff like this. Like, goodness, goodness. It's an ashy day. It's an ashy Monday. But look. <clears throat> so I got a couple inboxes in getting prepared for the show for people who knew what the topic was going to be. And I think one of the consistent things that people kept asking me was about was that first person you get serious about to go back to that. Mm-hmm. And I always say it, it doesn't matter first, second or third person. And it goes into what you said is what I said a couple of weeks on the show. You got to evaluate that person's integrity, character and good nature without you in their lives. Yes. What type of person are they without you? Yes. If you can sit back and look at this person and say, I love the way this person is in the universe. I would be in a great addition. I would blend well with this person. You know what I'm saying? If you can do that, you've done half the battle. I see so many people look at people and notice and, and see red flags, triggers, traumas, and still, for whatever reason, keep walking down that street. You have to stop and ask yourself, who's in control? I always say there's there's three main culprits. The brain, 
the heart and the sexual muscle. Right. Who's leading this conversation? Who's, who's driving this car? You have to ask yourself some hard questions. This is where therapy comes into play. You have to reach out and get the work done. Yeah. Because being lonely will make you make a bad decision. So I'm, I'm just saying being lonely will have you bent over somebody's couch on Netflix night. You know what I'm saying? Doing something you shouldn't be doing. So don't lead yourself down the wrong path because you are lonely. And I think you saying the word lonely sometimes is so frowned upon, but it's a real starting point. Yeah. If I can say, you know what? I'm lonely and I need to work on that. And there's other things you can put in your life to, that can help fulfill you without it just being something that'll lead to a bad decision. Um, that first person, I'm not saying you should slow down because I've met people who, like I said before, who've dated two months, been married 25 years. Yeah. I've met people who, you know, dated three years, got married, was divorced the next week. Yeah. It's, it's about the connection, the vibe, um, the energy, how you guys feel about each other, how you guys operate in the world together. Do you move symbiotic? Do you have symbiotic thoughts? Um, it's a lot of things that go into it, but that first person, you got to let them show you who they are. Absolutely. And you can't create a version that fulfills your fantasies. You got to let that person actually be themselves. And we get so we get so wrapped up into the finish line that we forget about the race. And you have to just pause, chill for a hot second, let this person develop the film. Let let you let you see them. You know, open your eyes. Let let their actions speak let their nature speak let their heart speak quit being some science fiction movie director creating some movie that you know that's coming out in hollywood yeah chill just let it happen quit forcing it i said it before it's like the peg hole you know what i'm saying that oval looked like it go in a circle spot but it's a circle not an oval yeah I did it again. I'll be going on these rants. I'm sorry. You, that's, it's good stuff. And what I, I just want to echo what you said. You have to be willing to do the work. You have to. You have to. That's the only way that it works. Because unless you deal with your stuff, you will drag your toxic wagon into every relationship, every encounter, and you will show up as the broken version of yourself and wonder why you're not successful, wonder why you're self-sabotaging, yep. wonder why you can't get past a certain point, but you have to heal. And, and you have to heal to a place where you're not looking for anybody to validate you, where you're not looking for anybody to love you to a place of wholeness, because if they step outside of your box, now you acting crazy, but where you know who you are you love yourself. You you know you understand that you are enough the way you are. 
so that they are a complement to your already complete package rather than you you looking for somebody to complete you because that's a a common misconception we'd be like oh well this is my other half they complete me you should be complete <laughs> you should be complete and they should be a compliment they should be like a hat shoe uh an accessory like, purse moment like yes like a good watch like you know like a like a Rolex, not like not like them cheap watch, like a good watch. Too funny. Not not your other half, because how are you operating? <laughs> how are you operating, and one half of you is missing? Exactly. It, it becomes debilitating when you give somebody that much power, because part of my story is that I was so low in my marriage, I was so hopeless. I ran my car off the road going seventy miles an hour in a, in an effort to take my life because I had let this man have so much power over me. Uh-huh. Not understanding like, girl, you gonna be okay. In the moment, I didn't understand that because I was so connected to every part of him. Like I needed his energy to, to make me feel good about myself. And when he took it away, I was just like completely hopeless and stuck. So there was a place I had to heal and realize like, ain't nobody about to get this much power. What what would you say would be, I know we, we're saying do the work. What would be the first step in doing the work? Um, I think taking inventory of where you are, which is sometimes very hard because it's hard to be honest. Sometimes we're living in a lie and it's just become so functional. Like mm-hmm. we don't even understand like how deep the lie runs, but if if you're able to like if you notice something like okay i i might not be able to put my finger on it but something ain't right mm-hmm. um begin like reach out to somebody you know mm-hmm. what i mean i know that sometimes therapy in the black community is so taboo but you know reach out to somebody anybody somebody who's able to point you in a direction that looks like help because more often times than not the people closest to you they know what your issues are. Your friends, the people that you you vent to, that you you lay it all on the line for. They're able to point out like, uh, you, this might be an issue for you. Right. So seek help, even if it's scary, even if it's hard, because there's literally like there's life after brokenness. I like that. There's life after brokenness. So I'm I'm dating now. I'm out of this divorce. It's going well. It's been six months. De Lamonte has not done any niggerific things. How do I know to go 150% into this thing? Hmm. How do I know? How do I know to... Put these walls all the way down to to let this man or woman 100% into my life to turn this into what I've been fantasizing at the end. Um, this is a scary, one, this is a very scary answer. It is. It's very a very scary. scary answer. I'm, I'm filtering through like this this quote I saw um, on Instagram, but it was just like, 
to love is to be open to the vulnerability that this person can hurt you and to believe that they wouldn't. At some point, like, love takes stepping out on faith mm-hmm. because there's no guarantees in love. Mm-hmm. Like, there's literally, no matter how much time you invest, like, people people been married for 20, 30 years and they end up divorced. Or sometimes people dating for, for 15 years, like, y'all broke up? Y'all not... <laughs> They not, mm-hmm. they're not coming to Thanksgiving. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bless you. But you know, there is no certainty in love. So I think the only thing you can do is look, see, and perceive. If after six months, <laughs> De Lamonte ain't did no, no niggerish stuff. Is that the word you use? Niggerific. 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 Sorry. <laughs> You're watching, you have to watch a person's behavior. And at some point at your, at your healed level of comfortability, because sometimes there's some some toxic stuff there. But you gotta you gotta trust your gut. And I know that, that ain't that's like a very ambiguous answer, but love takes a lot of vulnerability. Like without vulnerability, there is no true love. Mm-hmm. And I think that the best gauge to be able to let your guards down is what has this person's character shown you over time? Like, yeah. How have they shown up? Have they shown up in consistency? Have they showed up in honor? Have they showed up in integrity? Because those are things you can't fake. You can fake it for a little while, but if you're talking about six months, what thing and being honest enough to say what things have shown up? What have I seen that didn't work for me? What have I seen and I was just like, oh. Right. You literally got to let them. Thank you. Um, I, I One of my friends uh, went through this co- uh, course with a relationship coach and it was so powerful. This lady said, let a person paint their own picture. Sometimes we get hemmed up because we're trying to paint the picture for the person. We mm-hmm. get a little information. We'd be like, all right, I'm about to paint this. Let them paint their own picture and stand back and observe. Because as they're taking their paintbrush to the canvas, they're showing you and you got to see it for what it is. Like you're at an art gallery, like, Oh, right. But, you know, right. But you know, we so busy like, Oh, let me, let me give you this ink. Let me, let me hold the, Let me show you this brush stroke. Oh, take your hands off the brush. And yes. Watch. Look, yes. Observe. Yes. They will show you everything you need to see. Everything. That's deep. I like that. That's good. That's good. Oh man, we didn't went over time. Oh my goodness. Really? Oh, we didn't went over time. <laughs> so so look, Shar, I am I'm we gotta we gotta bring you back on again. Um Absolutely. I I definitely love talking to you and I'm pretty sure everybody's gonna enjoy listening to this. So um with that said, we gotta get you back on again. Is there anything you wanna talk to the people or tell the people how they can reach out to you if they're they're interested in your services? Absolutely. Um, so like I said, I'm, I am the owner of the Reset Coaching Group. Um, on November the 29th, I'm starting a new coaching session and um, I do a 30 day session called the Reset You, where I help women step out of stuck, women who have found themselves in stuck places, stuck positions in life who are like, I know there's more to life than this, but I just can't tap into it. I want to help you step out of stuck. You can reach me on Instagram and I am underscore Coach Charnay or the reset LLC.com, or you can look me up on 
Facebook at Sharna Amherst. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, hit me up. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to help you. Because um, this this is literally, it's it's time to heal. It's time to heal. It's time to heal. Hey, look, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Once again, we had a great show. Ugh, dating after divorce. This is probably, we're going to call this one dating after divorce part one. Because we're probably going to have to revisit this down the line a little bit. But um, like I said, at the end of every show, God um, puts everything that you want right outside of your reach. And it's up to you to extend. Once again, I want to thank you guys for listening. And we will see you all next week. Thank you.